So right. was it just like you kids would just like run around the neighborhoods doing whatever? Yeah. Or okay, so it yeah. wasn't like family things with their. No, family. no, 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 no. We were just like these little hood rats. Just trying to yeah. hood rats with my friends. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. We used to get that's yelled hilarious. at by some neighbor because <laughs> we had all these trails. I mean, it was all woods, so right. we had trails that would go from like our house down to the creek. But we have to cut through like eight backyards to get right. there. But you were and just like, like the neighborhood, like yeah. hellions, if you will. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, hello. Shalina decided she was too busy for us today. So she's not here to do our intro. So we're just going in, I guess. We don't have a fun, corny little joke to start. No. Shalina's our dad joke friend, so we ain't got nothing (laughs) for you. I know. We are indeed boring today. (laughs) Yeah, sure Uh, are. I do have a question, though, Tara. What is your Kinda, question, Shalom? It'll qu- swiftly lead us into our topic of the day. Um, okay. Would you rather... I don't have a fun one, you know? It's like a conspiracy, like, which, you know, came first, the chicken or the egg. But I have a would you rather. So would you rather work a morally questionable job that makes a lot of money or make a job that helps a lot of people, but you don't necessarily make that much money? Help a lot of people. You would rather, like, let's say, like, if you were a fighter fighter, you would be helping all these people, saving them out of burning houses, but, like, you make dirt for money? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say we are different, baby. But... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not a bad person, but I's saying I'm not a hero either. There are a lot of people like you that are heroes that people like yeah. me can work questionable jobs that end right. up pleasing the heroes you feel me you it's would you would have a, you would have a very easy <laughs> way of just like turning a blind eye like, i don't know i'm just doing my job <laughs> versus <laughs> like i could not but and, a I lot mean, of go ahead i'm gonna say part of my love language is acts of service this is so true. but if you think about it i'm a gift giver and i'm an act of service a lot of people that are doing all these questionable jobs are the ones fueling you heroes. Right, because they're blowing up the world. <laughs> I'm just fixing everything you're fucking up. <laughs> Sounds about right. Ooh, no, but like you have to be entertained somehow. You have to... A lot of people have to be entertained, you know, Listen, through a device. Fixer. Just call you me know. the fixer. My friends fuck up. I just come in and fix everything up. <laughs> No, when we say we're here for pure entertainment, I need you to understand that. When my my morally questioned friends. (laughs) Exactly. Because you know what you're going to do if you need to stay, all these heroes need to stay up for a couple extra nights. They're going to go to a morally questionable friend. (laughs) They're going to be able to do that. I mean, you're not wrong. So again... There needs to be questionable jobs so that, like, helpful jobs are, like, you know, going around. Just saying. Yeah. 
But if that questionable job is hurting someone, okay. I'm not, I have a limitation as to my questionable job. I'm not out here selling heroin. <laughs> okay, I'm not well, out no, here but killing if people. You're like working for big pharma and you're selling things that you know don't work to sick people that you know are just going to die, but you're lying to them and telling them they're not. Wait, what am I selling? Like, if you work for big pharma and you're selling medication that doesn't actually work. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I you're, know, like, promising right. these people that they're going to live all, you know, they're going to survive these diseases. And you're just cashing in and they're all just <laughs> dropping, like, flies <laughs> left and right. But you're like, it's cool. I got a check. What do I care? I'm not, not about to be that. No, no, no. I'm not about to be that person that's selling, like, fake drugs or the one that's like, oh, I made this new energy drink that's, like, giving people heart attacks. Like... No, no, no. I'm not out here being no no type of drug dealer. Right, but those are all questionable jobs that they you are. make a lot of money with. But I will not question working for those jobs. <laughs> no, no. I, I couldn't do it. Some questionable jobs. Like, I would be like... I mean, I guess, yeah, it depends on what the job would be. Yeah. I would be like... And under I, the table, like, I don't know. I want to say, like, something along the lines of, like, a PI or something like that. But, like, the undercover Yeah, but that's one. not, like, morally questionable. But it could be. Depending if on you're the you're a PI, you're helping somebody with something. Well, see, that's the thing. I would be help- I would, all of the jobs that I would take personally that are questionable would be helping people. Not necessarily. If people got hurt along the way, like, damn. But... Like, sex work, like, if Grandma Lucy saw it, sorry, Grandma Lucy, but, like, a lot of people are getting helped out here. <laughs> just not her. <laughs> but then, I, she'll just go pray about it, and I will be married. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just would depend on what the job would be, because, like... Because, and whose morals? Because, like, a priest is moral, morally questionable. It depends on what kind of priest. Catholic Church, that's a little iffy. That's what I'm saying. I ain't gonna be any of those, but that's questionable. Are you helping? Right. Who are you helping? Right. Helping Lucy with her grandma Lucy with her delusions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before this goes too far. <laughs> before we go too far. I'm not. Oh, and I am not. We have established. Okay. But on that, uh, Tara, we're gonna talk about you today. Can't wait. We are going to talk about everything from you coming out that womb to now. It was a brisk Friday morning. <laughs> Wait, was it actually a Friday? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Listen, I, I, like, know, I know a lot about my birth that a lot of people don't know. I know the weather. How I know it was a brisk Friday morning. It was in the low 50s. The weather. Was that your mom's story? Like, it was cold outside. No, I just know all this stuff. She forgot my... Co- yeah, but you didn't feel it. You didn't come out the womb and was like, oh, it's chilly, girl. No, but, like, like, I have the newspaper clipping from my birth announcement. Oh, does it say the weather? Mm, on the back of it, it has a portion of the weather, then I Googled it one time when I was younger. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, so it was a brisk Friday morning. It was a brisk Friday morning. Mom woke up. Wasn't feeling so hot. My dad told her she was fine. Don't worry about it. About 30 minutes later, she said, no, nah, we need to go. And he said, no, nah, it's all right. And she said, no, it's we have to go. So he finally took her to the hospital. She asked for the epidural. And they said, mm, 
too far along, can't give me nothing. Almost either a pile of just... Well, so she said that my birth was not nearly as hard as my brother's. Mm-hmm. Like, she had a lot of back labor with him. Mm-hmm. But she also got an epidural as soon as she possibly could. Okay, so maybe but that's... Because mine... my dad wouldn't take her to the hospital right away. Uh-huh. She couldn't have the epidural. Yeah, but that's crazy. Then it was the worst 45 minutes of her entire life. He, so. How could he sit... I mean, maybe maybe it was so, so bad. Maybe part she, of it maybe was... just an easy baby. I mean, I was only six pounds, so it was also very small. Maybe that's what it was. But part of it was... So, like, he didn't want to take her, and then when they finally did, they dropped my brother off at my dad's parents' house. Mm-hmm. And he stood there and talked to his parents forever. Mm-hmm. And my mom said she was in the car just, like, dying. I mean, understandable that she was... Real bad. Yeah. I couldn't imagine sitting anywhere longer than any point, actually. Sitting in the car, yelling at your husband to drive you to the hospital? Yeah, I couldn't imagine. So, you were tiny, though. Six pounds? Oh, That's yeah, I was itty-bitty. I was six pounds, nine ounces, and I was only 18 inches long. So, you were small and short. Yep, I was itty-bitty. The short part never think- went away. I was just... <laughs> I was like, girl's still 18 inches. Weird. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, because my brother and sister were both almost like nine pounds. That's crazy. I was just itty bitty. I was the cutest baby in the whole world. I had dark black hair that stuck straight up. <laughs> I had tan skin, dark eye. I was the cutest thing in the whole world. That's funny. <laughs> what hospital? Uh, I think Kaiser portland oh yeah and then what was the first house you lived in first house i lived in was in rockwood it's the house is now i know (laughs) it was not as bad as it is now back then i mean actually literally like two blocks away from where your aunt used to live in rockwood yeah wow whose house was that at the time it was my mom's they bought it your mom and your dad bought a house? Mm-hmm. Wild. And then moved out. And then yeah. when well, my brother was getting ready to start school, my mom didn't want him to go to Portland Public Schools. So then they moved up to the mountain. I so mean, I was four when we moved up to the mountain. I feel like it's potentially a good reason to move. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame her. Because you see where Rockwood is now. Right. And I could not imagine my life if we would have stayed. In Rockland. Even in Gresham, because there was a house in Gresham they wanted to buy before we moved up to the mountain. And I could not imagine my life if I lived, like, in town. I couldn't imagine you if you had lived in town. <laughs> right. I feel like you're a, so you're a Rockwood much, kid. Right. I wouldn't. I would probably be dead. Let's be honest. I mean. But, like, so much possible. of my personality is based on the way that I grew up outside of my house. Right. Because I had, like... I feel like I lived a double life as a kid. Because I had, like, my home life, which was traumatic. (laughs) In the worst way possible. But outside of the house, I had, like, the best childhood. So let's start... Give me the worst first. 
I mean, I my parents hated each other. They fought constantly. From the age of four? Is, I mean, all I can remember is fighting. Yeah. Like, I know this is going to sound stupid. Um, my dad did not like me because I was born a girl. I mean, that's not stupid. So a lot of every, men do that. Every man in his family had two sons, except for him. So he treated me very different than my brother. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, well, that's not true. And I was like, well, you weren't, you didn't live it. So you don't understand it. I don't question that at all. So I feel like a lot of men, that's like, they're like, I'm only worthy if I have like. Right. So like my brother did everything. Mm -hmm. I was like left at home. Oh, like he'd take them out to like go do stuff. Yeah. Like they would go skiing. They would go, you know, do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I was never allowed to do any of it. That's shitty. Yeah. So. Do you have, do you have a fear of missing out now? No. No? No, not one bit. Or are you the opposite? You're like, I'd rather not go so that I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it kind of depends on what it is. Cause like, I do love staying home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so my parent, my parents fought a lot. It was physical a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. My dad was a heavy drinker. He was a drug user and dealer, so the cops were at my house all the time. I remember multiple times going with my mom to pick him up out of jail. My mom said that there was multiple times where she would drop me and my brother off at my grandparents' house and drive around for hours trying to find him because he was gone for three or four days. Like just on a bender? Yeah, like find him in a trap house. Oh, actually a crackhead. Yeah. Rip I mean, tears. he would do any drug given to him. Didn't matter what it was. That's a wild lifestyle. Yeah. And it's never changed. Was it like it's that in your grandparents' house now? Was that the mountain house or the other one that you show me every time I drive by it? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Yeah, that's the mountain house. Oh, okay. So then from age four to when were you dealing with your crackhead dad? Um, let's see. When I was 12, my mom left. Like she got out of the situation, but left you guys in it. Yeah. And she claimed it was because she didn't want to move us in the middle of the school year. Mm-hmm. And then it was, why well, didn't I have anywhere to take you? But I think she just realized that she could leave and live her own life for a while. But she what was did... going out all the time. She was living with one of her friends mm-hmm. who was also single. So they would go out every weekend. Like, so when did your mom have Tyson? When she was 20. Okay, so she was, like, still a kid when she yeah, got she with had... your dad. Yeah. So they met at a high school party. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she had just turned... 20 when my brother was born mm-hmm. and then she was 21 when she had me so yeah, i think like, hell when, again. like yeah. her childhood was so like, i think when she her. finally got to the point where she was like i can't do this and left she was like well this is my chance to like live my life i mean unfortunately so for a 12 year old girl right who's like hey my mom just left like well and a dad that and a dad know, that you know isn't like capable you. of raising his children Mm-hmm. So I basically raised my brother and sister for a year. 
Is that how I mean I I cooked, I cleaned, I did the laundry. Is that how long your mom was gone for with you? Uh it was about two years because after that uh me and my sister went and moved in with my aunt and uncle. And my brother went and moved in with my grandparents on my dad's side. So originally my dad took us to my aunt's house for the weekends because he was going out of town for work. So we stayed there for the weekends. And then two weeks later, we were packing our bags and moving in with them. So why did, so why did it change? Like from, did your aunt and uncle just realize it wasn't a safe situation for you guys? I think that was part of it. And then I think they had a conversation with my dad that was like, you're clearly not taking care of your children. Mm -hmm. We can step in. And this was all without my mom's knowledge. Did your mom ever come visit you guys, though? So once we moved in, she tried to pick us up and said, give me all their things. They're coming with me. Mm -hmm. And my aunt and uncle were both like, you don't live in a stable home. You don't have room for these children. We are going to take care of them until you guys can figure it out. I mean, shout out to your aunt and uncle. Right. Like, I appreciate (laughs) everything that they did for us. Yeah, seriously. And so during that year that we were with my aunt and uncle, I think it was like every other weekend we'd go to my mom's or wherever she was living at the time because she lived in a couple different places before moving in with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So it was like every other weekend she would come pick us up. And you guys would just like hang out like. Yeah, like we would just do whatever. day or something. And it was for the whole weekend. Like, she'd come pick us up Friday after work, or after, yeah, like, when she got off work and then drop us off, like, Sunday afternoon. Oh. So you lived with your dad for a year without any supervision. Right, because he'd be there maybe one night a week. Right. So we were basically orphans. How scary. You're telling me. Yeah, for for one. Let's talk about There was one day where my sister did not come home. Mm Mm-hmm. I freaked out. Well, yeah, because you were like, I was like, she got kidnapped. She was 10, 10, right? No, she's five years younger than me. Oh, so she was like six, seven. Yeah, what? Yeah. Okay. She didn't come home. I panicked, but I rode my bike around the neighborhood. I asked everybody. I called the school and I was like, this bitch is kidnapped. Somebody kidnapped her and is going to murder her. What did your brother say? Nothing. Like, he didn't care? He was like, no. oh, she'll be home whenever. He's like, well, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Bye. Like, I was the mom. Oh, gosh. So, my sister finally came home. I ripped her fucking head off. I was like, the how old was you? How long was she actually gone for? Like, realistically? No, time. literally, like, the whole day. But, like, she got out of school, right? Right. And then what time did she get out of school? I don't know, probably three. And then what time did she get home from her friends? Probably seven or eight. And like her dad or her mom dropped her off or something? No, it was down the street, so she rode her bike home. Oh. But like we, so because she was elementary and I was middle school at the time, we took separate buses. Mm -hmm. So she should have been home before me. And you were just like, she's not home. So like I got home and she wasn't home. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? So I like called the school to see if she was like, if she missed the bus or something. Nope, not here. And I was like, what is, what is going on? Wow. What did these parents ever say? Did you ever Nothing. talk to them about it? No. Or they were just like, all right, go home. Like, just had dinner. Right. Like, it was the 90s. Like, nobody cared about anything. Right. They were just, like, all hunky-dory. They were like, right. Hey. I mean, they the, so the house that she was at, they had, they had, like, eight kids. So they probably didn't even know there was an extra one in the house. <laughs> to be honest. Damn. That's wild. Yeah. Is that the scariest thing that happened to you during that time? Um, probably one of them. Like, I mean, there was a it, like, lot. Like, <laughs> Well, there was a lot of nights where my dad would come home at like two, three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. with whoever was at the bar that night. So it's like random ass people in your house? Two young girls. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of the night on like a Tuesday. You come home, you turn the stereo on, everybody's drinking, everybody's doing drugs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just supposed to go to sleep? I mean... And wake up at seven o'clock for school. I could see. I mean, yeah. What are you supposed to do? Tell your dad, right? <laughs> that you're uncomfortable. Like right. what? How yeah, old is so your brother was, at this point? Uh, he's a year older than me, so he was thirteen. Mm. Still not old enough to like do anything, but... right? But like, he's also a boy. So what does he care? He's gonna hang with friends every day. Yeah. So, and he had a friend that lived up the street and his mom, like, took care of my brother, but for some reason did not like me or my sister. Weird. Like, I remember one specific day where it was snowing, so our buses were on snow routes, so they wouldn't pick us up at our normal stop. Mm -hmm. She came down the road and was like, oh, I'll take you to school. Me and my sister were and she goes, oh, no, 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 just your brother. (laughs) <laughs> what yes what a bitch yes <laughs> like in the real world she did ask in that to two small children that's what i mean <laughs> like i just imagine like two kids like like imagine when seven. your kid is in school and there's snow routes and you go past the bus stop and go oh i'll give you a ride oh no no not your sisters just you <laughs> Like, who does this? If I found out somebody did that, Yo, I would have some words with that person. All, she did stuff like that all the time. I would be it so frustrated. I mean, I know your children, but, like, if I heard somebody was doing that to a child now, I would have some words with that lady. Oh, yeah. It was wild. Jesus. Yeah. So then how was it from transitioning from that to then your to aunt? To a household with two adults who did not have full-time jobs and went to church every Sunday? Without your brother there as well. Right. It was just me and my sister in the house. Right. And they had one. Oh, they had two kids at the time. One of them was my sister's age. And then the other, their other son was two at the time when we moved in. Oh, it's like new, new. Yeah. So it was very uncomfortable. To have two other kids? No, just to be in somebody else's home. Uh, It was like the complete opposite of my home. I mean, yeah, going from no structure and no, like, guidance, essentially, to then and, having right. a very, like, white picket A very fence, structured, this is what you need to do every single day. This is your Corollas for the week. 
right. where's your homework you know get up and go to church on sunday mornings like very like yeah very different than yeah what i had been doing the, the previous year where i was taking care of everybody right you were like barely making it and then you were like wait right. i don't have to do anything right like i just have to be a kid what is that and there were multiple times where like my grandma would give me an envelope to give to my aunt and uncle when we got back to their house i knew it was a check Mm -hmm. and there was multiple times where that check was a lot of money Mm -hmm. and my i would hear my aunt and uncle complain about not being able to do things because they have two extra kids in the house but if they didn't have two extra kids they could go do this other stuff with their kids. Wait, so your grandparents were paying your aunt and uncle? Interesting. Is that how you first got with your aunt and uncle, do you think? No. Well, I think my grandparents, because my grandparents on my mom's side, mm-hmm. I think they felt responsible. And mm-hmm. they were like, okay, these people are taking on two other children. Like, we can give them some money every month. Oh, so it was, like, after they were, like, at least we can do is... Right. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And I know my aunt appreciated it because they weren't... Because she didn't have to work. My uncle was in a very bad accident um, right after high school. And he got a very large settlement. Mm -hmm. So they were living very comfortably without having to work. Right. My aunt worked, so they both work for the church, so they get a small paycheck from that. And she had not worked like... her, right. And she had worked her whole life until she had children. So then when we moved in, she had to start working again. So I also oh, felt support... like it was, right, uh... just to have some extra income. So then my cousin would complain about, you know, his mom not being home anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, well, it's my fault that she has to go back to work. I mean, well, yeah, as a kid, you're just like put in that situation right. and then you hear like adults saying, if we didn't have, you know. Right. So it was very uncomfortable for me. And I don't think like my sister had a clue about anything. She was seven at the time. I was like, yeah, she's you probably know? too young. Right. But like, I was, ve- I've always been very hyper aware of the situations I'm in. Mm-hmm. because of a lot of the trauma that I experienced as a child. Like having to grow up so fast. Right. So I was very aware of the situations happening in the home at my aunt's house, of her going back to work, you know, them not going on as many vacations as they did before, because that was also brought up from my cousin being like, well, we used to do all this. We used to go on two vacations every year, and now we don't go on any. Mm-hmm. And it so was like... like- the times that you were supposed to be like in the black backyard playing or like out riding your bike or something, right. you were like in there, like hyper focused on like what the adults were talking about. Right. The fact that I'm like ruining. Like you were the family. choir kid, but like you were just right. <laughs> taking mental I was just of all like shit. taking everything in and being like, I have to get out of this situation. Like I'm ruining these people's lives. I mean, that sucks though, because like for them, it was just like in the moment, like. It's a life change regardless. It's not the kid's fault, right. but, like, the event yeah. of taking on two kids is fucking hard, you know? Yeah. And, like, me and my aunt had, had conversations because I would get really upset about stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I would just, like, younger? sit in my room and cry. Aww. And she would come in and be like, this is not your fault. 
-hmm. We chose to bring you into our home. We chose to take care of you. This is the reality if we choose to have more children in the future. Like, this is nothing that you need to be concerned about. You just need to go to school and get good grades and play like a kid. You do not need to be concerned about anything other than that. Oh, that's nice of her, though. Yeah, my aunt is very sweet. Like, to take the time to try to correct it, you know? Right. It might not work, but... Right, because in the back of my mind, I had already, like, skipped childhood. Right, and you were... I was already so worried about everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had a tough childhood. Like, outside of home, it was great, because I grew up in the mountain. I did whatever, you know, when when I wasn't at home... I was in the woods, we were at the river, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're just outside being dirty kids. And it was so great until I had to go home. So what's one memory that, like, really stuck out to you that was just, like, top-tier quality fun, if you will? So down the street from us, there was another family. They had five children. Two of them were a couple years older, but they had two daughters and a son that were all, like, between my brother's age and my age i think the two daughters might have been a year older than my brother because i think the son was the same age as my brother and i was younger than everybody mm-hmm. but it was basically the five of us all day long every day we'd go down to the creek we just ride our bikes like mm-hmm. any memory involving them was great like they had horses so we would ride the horses like they were just like a top tier neighbor <laughs> yeah well, until their mom got home because they weren't allowed to have people over. <laughs> like their mom. But when call- you were over there. Right. So their mom would call them when she was like down the street and be like, I'll be home in five minutes. Your chores better be done. And it was like, go hide. She's going to be home. <laughs> so like we would go find somewhere to hide. And then one of them would come back. She's in the shower. Run. <laughs> How many houses down did you live from this person? Uh, quite a bit. Like, was it down, like, the street? Like, a full yeah, street? Yeah, it was, it like, was... down the street, down the street. Oh, okay. <laughs> the like, next time we go for a drive, I'll show you. <laughs> I was like, you just ride to the next driveway. <laughs> well, and part of it, like, because their driveway was kind of long. Mm-hmm. So, there was, because there was one time when we were leaving and she had pulled into the driveway, so she saw us leaving. And the kids, like... Y'all got yeah. caught? Yeah. So, then it was like, hey, you guys have to hide in the backyard until she gets in the shower and then you can leave that's hilarious so like we would go like hide in the horse trailer like that's funny (laughs) there's a bunch of little kids just like running around the house yeah (laughs) that's hilarious but yeah i mean pretty much any memory involving them three and then me and my brother was you kids would just like run around the neighborhoods doing whatever yeah. Or, okay. So it yeah. wasn't like family things with their no, family. No, 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 We were just like these little hood rats. Just trying to yeah. hood rats with my friends. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. We used to get that's yelled hilarious. at by some neighbor. Because <laughs> we had all these trails. I mean, it was all woods. So right. we had trails that would go from like our house down to the creek. But we had to cut through like eight backyards to get right. there. Like you were and just like, like the neighborhood like yeah. hellions, if you will. Yeah. We would ride our bike past the dogs that we knew would bark, like, <laughs> just to be assholes. <laughs> That's funny. And then, yeah, I mean, in the winter, it was just, you know, sledding and snow, because it was, it would snow, like, four yeah. feet of snow. 
Oh, they were so the summer we were just like in the river the entire summer. I remember one time <laughs> I had me and my sister had the same jelly sandals. Mm-hmm. I lost one of them in the river. And I knew my mom was going to freak out. So I never wore them again. And I remember one time she was like, oh, why don't you wear your jellies? I put one of my sisters on. It was way too small. (laughs) And the other one, just so she wouldn't know. Did she ever find out? I don't think so. (laughs) I thought that whole thing, you were going to plan it and make it your sister's fault. Like, she lost hers. No, I just squished my foot into my sister's and then put my other one on. So I was just uncomfortable for hours so I wouldn't get in trouble. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, man. So then... When were you hanging out with these kids? What house did you live in? For the good I was in Welch's up on the mountain. So your first mountain house, not your grandparents' house? Yeah, the first mountain house. Okay. So So, from... So my brother met um, the boy in school. So when he was five and I was four. mm. And then his two sisters, one of them was... A year older and one was two years older. So f- literally from like, I guess I would have been four. They would come right. over. And then probably, I would say probably like six or seven is when we actually started like hanging out with them. Like when my mom was at work on the weekends or during the summer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably from like. Yeah, probably five or six up until we moved, or I guess they moved a year before I did. So yeah, from five or six to like 10, 11. Oh, it's like most of your like childhood, like playing Mm -hmm. years. And I still talk to them sometimes. Yeah, we're friends on Instagram and Facebook. So like, I still talk to them. Oh, that's nice. You guys are kept in touch at least a little bit, you know? Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. It is well, there's there's another girl that I also met in kindergarten and mm-hmm. we were like best friends and her and I are still in contact sometimes. Wild. Yeah. I don't think I know anybody other than like my one neighbor like childhood friend for that long. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. So where did you go from your aunt and uncle's house? You said they were th- you were there for a year? Yeah, so after the summer after my 13th birthday um after school ended we moved into the house i'm in now with my grandparents so then you lived out the rest of school did your mom move in there with you at the same time or Uh how did that happen yeah she actually she moved in here before we moved in like a couple months she convinced your grandparents to let her move back in essentially I don't know if she asked or if they offered. I'm not really sure how that played out. I don't know if my grandma said, get your kids, you're moving into my house. Right. It's time to be a mom again. Right. Like the mom giving your mom a lecture. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I mean, it could have happened that way. She could have came over here and said, I need a place for me and my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how that whole situation played out. So how long did she live there prior to you guys moving in? Uh, just a couple months. Oh, okay. So then she moved in and then 
swiftly you guys moved in after? Yeah, once school ended. And then how was that? Your mom was single still at the time? No. So she moved in with was dating somebody or? Yeah, the person she's with now. Because so he moved she... into. This year that you were at your aunt and uncle's house is the same year that she met, met him. Yeah. The man she's with now? Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the year. And then, so they were together, said, a few months, let's say. Then they both moved into your grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And then the kids got brought in a couple mm-hmm. months later? Yep. Wild. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder, yeah. what, like, what your grandparents were thinking at that time. Because, like, that, I bet that was a huge change for him, them. I mean, right. I know what the house I mean, looks like. Right. I mean, it's a large house, but they were just the two of them for... I think my mom was the last one to move out, and she moved out when she was 20. Well, yeah, and that, at that point, they had so been 15 grandparents. 15 years, they were... Right, they have been grandparents for years, so they're out here doing whatever it is they want to do. Right. Hunting and fishing and traveling and yeah. whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Wow. I think it was stressful for them. I think now, because I've talked to my grandma about it now, and she's very grateful that she's had the time with us. She feels like it's, you know, when we were younger, it, like, kept her young. I mean to have young people around all the time and now like we do so much for them that like i couldn't imagine them here by themselves i also could not imagine them there by themselves also for context for the listeners her grandparents are very old they are very old and they're thriving (laughs) they could could go any day but like right but like they're good they're growing strong for you know like they've lived they're strong like my grandma did just have surgery on monday but she's like up and cooking and cleaning and All right, that's what I mean. Like Yeah. They're still they're chirping, they're going. Yeah. Going good. So I think that was I think it was stressful at first, but I think my grandparents did really enjoy having us around. I mean they were probably lonely. You know, they probably get lonely. And as grandparents, you, like, run out of things to do. Right. And, like, my brother would go hunting and fishing and golfing with my grandpa. So we always had somebody that would go do stuff with him. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever my grandma wanted to do something, me and my sister would go do it. So then how was it for you living in, like, with your grandparents and your mom again and this new boyfriend? Tough. It was very difficult for me. To go from your aunts to your grandparents? Just in general. Just the whole thing. Like my mom being a mom. When she wasn't for two years. Mm-hmm. Like coming back into the picture? Yeah. So like that was tough. I have. I still have. A lot of negative feelings towards the whole situation. And my brother and my stepdad get along great. So, like, he just did whatever he wanted, and my stepdad, like, they did whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. My sister, my mom babies the shit out of her. <laughs> and I feel like they were very hard on me. A lot more strict about my grades and stuff like that. That, like, my brother and sister did not have the same... Like, like your brother Like, got I got disciplined very like, the older brother. Yeah. But then, like, your sister was the baby sister, so right. she didn't. So, like, I got all the shit. Middle child syndrome. And my stepdad has even said that he was a lot harder on me. A lot of a thing to admit. Yeah. 
or mean, neglect he, the fact of like pretending he has to said ignore it, it, you know, one time. So you know, but yeah, it was very so difficult, crazy. which is part of why I think I have such a like an OCD brain because things have to be done a certain way for me. I mean, is that because you you had adults like telling you when when you were growing up like it has to be perfect, it has to be this way, it has yeah. to like nitpicking your every movement basically. Yeah. Cuz I feel like nothing I did was ever good enough, nothing I did was right. ever right. So now you're like still combating that like childhood right. trauma. Yeah. So I still feel like nothing I do is ever good enough. That's so fucked up. Which it is. Because a lot of the shit you do is right. And it makes me so mad that people neglect how hard like the shit impacts children right and that's the thing that like me and my mom have a lot of issues with is that she doesn't see anything wrong i mean obviously she knows she clearly picks the wrong person to marry right but she doesn't think that she was in the wrong like the depths of like her specific actions impacted you right because her mindset was well, I didn't want to take you out of school and your aunt and uncle wouldn't let me come get you and I didn't have anywhere for you so I was making sacrifices mm-hmm. when I'm a preteen like I you those are critical years to need your mom I mean yeah did, when did you have your period alone when I was 12 and a half but like I were you at your aunt's house no we were still at the mountain Yo, see, alone. I was right. alone. What are you gonna do? Ask your brother? Like that's right. Up. Yeah. You so like, Google it. You have no way to Google it. Right. It was the nineties. Right. <laughs> no, one of my aunts on my mom's side, when her daughter, my cousin, when she started her period, she came over and like brought me a bunch of stuff and was like, you know, Rachel started her period, so you're probably gonna start yours soon. Oh, that's sweet of her. Yeah. So, like, she did that. She went out of her way to do that for me. Because, again, like, everybody knew the situation. It's so odd that, like, everyone knew, but yet the children yep. were being, like, still, like, unanswered, you know? Or, like, yep. And that's not part of the resentment so that I hold that, like, everybody knew the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and they just like kind of like in for a year. They just like froze and they were just like, well, shit. But like right. all of them were just like, well, shit, you know, like. Right. I mean, even to the point where like my grandma would come bring us Christmas and birthday presents. And so I was like, on. so everybody is like, they know what's going on. Yeah. Like this everyone. like pretend. They were just like being oblivious to the fact that like. Right. It was as bad as it was. Yeah. And we were just, you know, left for a year to raise ourselves. Jesus Christ. So childhood trauma to the fucking max. Right. So let's skip to <laughs> the adult life. Not necessarily like adult but like let's go. It was hard with your mom because mm-hmm. like obviously she was coming back into your life and mm-hmm. you were like I've been this long without you. I can only imagine. Right. You know. So I was an angry kid in high school. Yeah. So like what I had the time school, of like? my life in high school. Like what was what did that look like? In so I got straight A's. Because you wanted it, to or because you had to? Because I feel like I had to. Okay, keep going. Um, I had all the money for those straight A's for my grandpa. He used to Shout pay out. us for our grades. Shout out, Gramps. <laughs> right. No, I had great friends in high school. I was definitely 
more of a bully in high school because I was so angry. So you got bullied, essentially. That made you the bully? Yeah. Like, I was was a mean kid. Like, there was a couple of things that, like, if I could go back, I'd be like, maybe don't say that to that girl. Aww. (laughs) Straight out here hurting feelings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long were you the mean girl for? All of high school. Like, freshman year, you just came in, like, blazing? No, so freshman year, so I went to a charter high school because I had a really rough eighth grade year. Mm-hmm. So my rough school counts. I just did not get along with very many girls. Mm-hmm. I just had a hard time getting along with people. So, like, behavioral stuff? Yeah. Like, okay. I just, I did not do my homework. My grades were shit. I almost didn't pass eighth grade. So you were like lashing out at this point. Yeah. Okay. And so my counselor, her sister was married to a principal at a charter school. And she said, I'm going to get you an interview if that's what you're interested in. And I said, absolutely. I'm not going to high school with these fucking kids. Like I cannot, I spent a year with them. I cannot spend four years with them. Right, the kids that you were having trouble right. with. Because I went to three different middle schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in middle school, I feel like you make strong friendships that go into high school. I didn't have that. I mean, But I yeah. got to eighth grade. So you're like a new kid? Right. So everybody in my eighth grade had gone to school together from kindergarten. I mean, yeah, that's tough. So I'm like the new kid coming in, and I just, like, don't fit in in any of these groups. Right, and it was like a transitional point for you. Right. Like, in your life. Right. So I, I went to an interview for this charter school, did not get in. They did not accept my application. Wow. My counselor called her sister and said, you talk to your husband. This girl needs to go to that school. <laughs> and they straight denied you and then your counselor pulled some strings? Mm-hmm. Yo, shout out to your counselor. Yeah. Who is this person making... You know, an amazing woman changed my life. Changed my life. Saving kids out here. I went to this charter school. I had really great friends. I did phenomenal in school. I mean, I went from like a D and F student to a straight A student between eighth grade and freshman year. So it's like your little refresh. Yeah. And I got straight I mean, A's all the way through. How old are you? You're like 14, 15? Yeah. Right when you go into high school? I feel like it's a pivotal mm-hmm. point in one's life. It is. High school is I mean, great. I would, I would redo high school in a heartbeat. I had the I best mean, teachers. I'm glad that that was a point for you where you, like, left a lot of baggage with the old right. school, with the old, you know, like, your whole yeah. old self. Mm-hmm. Wild. So then everything was hunky-dory in high school? For the most part. I mean, you were a bully. So I mean, I was but... I was a bully, but, like, again, if I did one thing wrong at home, I got a 45-minute lecture of why I'm wrong while my brother's I mean, playing video games and my sister do whatever she wants. And I'm like, why? Is, like, why? Right. Why is it my fault? Like, you were getting bullied? Right. Just by parents? Yeah. <laughs> it's trash. And that's where my middle child syndrome comes in. It's a real thing. With peace and love, it is definitely a real thing. (laughs) People like to say it's not. It's very real. I mean, but then again, we just explained exactly how you end up in that situation. Right. 
where like right. it's not out of reach like that actually happens you know yeah like the babies get babied and the oldest ones get like praised that is right cool. and then the middle ones in the middle one middle. The middle. getting all this shit just getting shit on from both ends yeah so then where did tara go from high school high school i took the summer off i just hung out on myspace got my tumblr up and popping so where were you from like when did you get your driver's license when did you get your first job when did you so got my first job september 2007 so i took so i graduated don't make those big old eyes i'm old i know <laughs> no i was so I graduated that you knew in, the date <laughs> well it's because so i graduated in may of 2007 mm-hmm. and then i took that summer off oh and then, and then I, like you started back right up. and then i was like okay i'm gonna go to college i need to get a job got a job got enrolled into school i was taking classes um, all my prereqs for dental hygiene. Mm-hmm. I was working part time, and then got bored in school. I mean, and it was: do I go to a seven a.m. lecture on biochemistry, or do I go out to breakfast with my friends? You tell me what you would do. <laughs> So then you started not going to school. And then, so I skipped some classes. My grades were still okay. But it got to the point where, like, every dollar I was making was going into school. I mean, and then it that's gets to hard where to... I, like, right. I mean, it's hard to work and go to school. Right. And when you have, like, a part-time job, it's hard to, like, you can't do anything else. Right. So it got to the point where I was working more just to pay for school and I couldn't keep up with the homework because I was working to pay mm-hmm. for the homework. Right. And then once the semester was over, I said, I'm not enrolling again. Right. Like you couldn't do it. Yeah. I was like, this is not going to work right now. What made you go into dental hygiene? Um, Because I thought it would make my grandpa happy. I was just about to say, I was like, is that your grandpa did? And my grandpa was a dentist. He owned his own practice for, like, 40 years. And I was like, and I mean, like, because I got such good grades in school, like, he really praised me for that. Mm -hmm. Whereas my mom was like, okay, I already saw your grades. Where's your sister's and your brother's grades? Mm -hmm. You know, I had to put my own grades on the refrigerator. But, like, your grandpa, like, praised it. Yeah, my grandpa was like, you're doing so good. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. So money. Right. We got paid. I got paid for my grains more than my brother and sister ever did. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, if I go to school, what am I going to do? Because originally I wanted to go to culinary school. Mm -hmm. But culinary school is insanely expensive. Really? Yeah. Not the topic, but like I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, it's insanely expensive. And at the time, I did not want a student loan. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to owe anybody any money. And I didn't qualify for financial aid. Because my mom made barely over the minimum amount. That's annoying. 
because FAFSA goes by your parents' information until you're yeah. 26, regardless of them being responsible for you or not. My story lies the same when it comes to college. <laughs> yeah, so like I, you know, my mom made like $2 more than the minimum. Mm-hmm. So I didn't qualify for it. I think no. I think when no. I did FAFSA, like I got my estimated amount and it was like 50 cents. Annoying. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, the paper this came printed on costs more than what you're going to give me. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm not going to culinary school, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? And I like science. So I was like, well, I'll go into dental hygiene. That'll make my grandpa happy. And he made a lot of money doing it. Right. And like, if you, you know, get, it, was, it could be successful, you know? Right. If you can get a full-time job, it's very lucrative. But it's hard to get a full-time position. Mm-hmm. Like, my aunt is a dental hygienist, and she works two different dental practices. Because it's only two days at one and two days at the other. Oh, it's not like a one five. Yeah. So if you get into a good practice and can get a full-time position, it's great. Mm -hmm. But if you're only working part-time, you don't get benefits, you know. Right. It definitely has its downfall. Yeah. Wild. So then you realized you didn't want to go to college. You were too busy hanging out with your friend. Started just working, working, working. Started dating a guy. Dated him for four years. Told me he never wanted to get married or have children. And I said, well, I guess this isn't going to work. I mean, at least you knew your goals then. I had a very specific plan for my life. Life. I was going to be married at 22 Uh and pregnant at 23. So when I was 21 and I was pressuring him to like move out of his mom's house and get uh-huh. an apartment with me and he was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm not ready. Oh, I don't ever want to get married because everybody in my family has been divorced and I don't want to get divorced. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want kids. And I was like, this ain't, this ain't it. Then you're like, all right, next. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we had had other issues, obviously. It wasn't just right that so after four years we broke up and then a year later he got married (laughs) so that felt great that felt super good and i was like oh it was just me not okay how shitty like he also has a child jesus i was like oh so it really was just me not (laughs) one of those it's not you, it's me. It was, no, it was not. It was me. <laughs> I mean, but now, in your position now, you can sit here and say that, like, you've been on the other end of that. I mean, there what If I would have married him, I would have been divorced already. But that's what I mean. Like, you like, know how it feels to be with somebody and not want to marry them or have kids with them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, a couple wow. months, like, six months after him, I broke up. I met the other one that I was with for five years. Are we at the toxic man? Completely destroyed my life in every way possible. It was great at first. It was great at first. So I don't want you to go too deep into the bad things (laughs) because I feel like some of the bad things are really bad, you know? 
Yes, they are. There was a so like for the listeners, just like trigger warnings. <laughs> yeah, like just I mean, it was abusive in every way. The word I mean, physical, <laughs> sexual, mental, right, emotional. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he so, forced me to do a lot of things that I never would have done if I wasn't told if I don't do it, I'm gonna get a bullet in my head. Yeah, a terrible fucking. Yeah, shit. so that was my life for five years. So what was so what was the beginning of that like I guess like what was like the moment where you were like this is perfect in quotations so we met on a dating app mm-hmm. and he was very sweet mm-hmm. basically told me everything I ever wanted to hear from a man mm-hmm. went and met up with him again very kind very gentle just like the nicest man in the whole world and i was like what is this like just a little teddy bear just like yeah soaked up all the love yeah gave you all the love i guess yeah and then hung out for a couple weeks met his friends his friends seemed like they liked me he was very nice to me in front of even his friends were like i've never seen him like this with a girl like Mm -hmm. that should have been my first clue (laughs) And then I want to say probably like three, four months in, things started to get very verbally abusive. Like he would just snap over little shit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, tell me, he would text me like, I never want to see you again. Don't ever call me. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, three, four hours later, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, do you want to come over? I'll cook you dinner. I didn't mean it. Like, I just had a bad day. Like, the narcissistic traits started right. happening. It was just the full circle all the way around. Yeah. So you said that three and four months in? Yeah. And then you said how long did it last? Progressively um, getting worse, of course. But, like... Right. I mean, it progressively got worse. It was, like, one big fight every couple of weeks to every couple of days and then i want to say probably about six seven months mm-hmm. is when he hit me for the first time in yeah like six seven months into the relationship yeah. smacked me in the face i immediately got up and left mm-hmm. did not speak to him for a couple of days and then got the, I'm sorry, I was drunk. I didn't mean it. Like, what can I do? How can I make this up to you? Right. Like, love bombing you? Right. And then it just got worse from there. Jeez. I was going to work with black eyes. Mm-hmm. I well, would... at that point, you're, like, stuck, stuck. Right. Like, and it's too far. And he had point. family members that were very high ranking in some of the gangs Mm -hmm. and it got to the point where if you tell anybody i'm going to kill you if you leave i'm going to kill your family i just like threatening you with everything and it wasn't even that i'm gonna do it someone's gonna do it and they're not gonna know who my hands are gonna be clean just like another way to manipulate you into doing whatever he wanted or keeping you there yeah and then Probably a year or so in is when 
the forced drug use came in. He was forcing me to do cocaine and Molly and ecstasy. Mm-hmm. And was he then, living that lifestyle when you guys first got together? No. Not that so I like, knew of anyways. Like, so he kept his, like, substance kept, abuse away yes. from you? Yeah. Like, he drank in front of me, but it wasn't liquor. It was just beer. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a lot. And then... By the time the forced drug use came along, when I got off work Friday afternoon, I was to be at his house, and it was nonstop drinking and drugs until I went to work Monday morning. Yeah, how exhausting. It was miserable. Does it feel like a blur now? Yeah. Like how it's just like, it just like seeped into like rotation of just like toxicity, so now it's just like a blob? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I physically survived. I mean, yeah, it's exhausting. Did you guys live together at this point? No. Or at any point in this? We never technically lived together, but I was at his house four or five nights a week. Okay, so you spent a lot of time over there. Yeah. And most of it was not by choice. Was it, like, at his beck and call, like, you would have to be there? Yes. Or, like... Yes. Did he, did you ever have good moments within the bad moments? Or was it just, at that point, just so fucking bad? It was just bad. No, I mean, there was definitely days where we would cook dinner together and we would cuddle on the couch and watch movies. Mm-hmm. He bought me my first coach bag. Like, very normal. Yeah, he bought shit. me matching Jordans. Mm-hmm. Like, he spent a lot of money when we would go out. I never right. paid for anything when we went out. Right. So uh, there were good moments in the bad. I mean, there were days where we would go out with his friends and then he would say, let's leave them at the bar. Let's go home. Just you and me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And we would stay up all night talking about how he wanted to marry me and he wanted to have children with me and. So there was like imagine his life without me. So there was like some sense of like hope within like the garbage, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a part of me for a while that thought I was gonna be with him forever. That that was gonna be my life forever. Well, I don't know at what point you had that thought, but at some point, like regardless of like what the toxic part traits are, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. the level of manipulation, the narcissism, whatever it is. Like, you get, like, you hold on to certain things and you're so sucked in. You don't see yourself getting out of it, you know? Right. Like, you imagine, you don't imagine, like, what's it going to be like when I get out? It's what's, how am I going to man, how am I going to live with this, you know? Right. I mean, there would be, you know, it'd be Saturday night and he would say, if the courthouse was open tomorrow, I would go marry you. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay. Did you guys ever, like, almost get married? No. Or was it just, like, a lot of, like, hopeless words? It was a lot of words with no backing so that I wouldn't leave. I think it was all a big game to keep me around. Right. Like, whenever he said that, it was a Friday night, a Saturday night. Oh, if the courthouse was open, we'd go get married tomorrow. But they're not open on Sundays. Like, you wouldn't catch him on a Tuesday saying that. Right, right. 
Damn. Yeah. I mean, that just goes into, like, part of it, you know? Like, he knew how to, like, keep you strung along. Right. I mean, obviously, with all the threats and shit, like, it's yeah. not easy to be like, all right, let me just go against that. Yeah. You're a psycho killer. But, right. and like, then, pulling on your heartstrings every chance right. you got. And then there was a year and a half in is when I first got pregnant. And I knew immediately that I was not going to give birth. I mean, I, so, and I only found out because I made an appointment to go get on birth control uh-huh. the day before the appointment. I was like, let me just pee on a stick real quick. So there's no surprises. Mm-hmm. I sat on my bathroom floor and cried for an hour. You said a year and a half in? Yeah. How scary. Yeah. Did you have like a good, I mean, obviously you're growing up with your family, so you didn't have like their support, I'm assuming. Did you? No. They, well, they were not aware of a lot of the things going on. Did they know of the relationship at least? Yes. They knew I was dating somebody, mm-hmm. but they were not aware of anything else. Like how They bad were not aware of what was happening from Friday to Monday morning. Mm-hmm. They were not aware of any of the abuse. They were not aware of any of the verbal abuse. They weren't aware of any of the threats. Like, you just hid it from them for, like, your yeah. own safety and theirs? Mm-hmm. Because I, I was ashamed of it. Right. I, I couldn't mean, yeah. tell my mom that this is the life I'm living. Well, yeah, you can't just you know. tell somebody that, like... I mean, I guess it's not easy to say, like, oh, this person's doing this to me because then the other person just sits on the other side, like... Well, why are you letting them do that? Right. Why don't you and just it's leave? It's not like, that black and white. Like, it's like, not. Right. Like, you don't think I've thought about changing my phone number? And Right. But it it was to the point where I was terrified of him. Well, yeah. And if you're the only one on your team, you know. Right. You're the only one that knew. You're the only one that was supporting And he Sarah. knew everything about me. It would have like, been damn near impossible. impossible for me to leave like him willingly letting me go at my choice jesus did you ever tell him about the pregnancy oh yeah you did tell him mm-hmm. what was his reaction he said if i don't make an appointment for an abortion he'd push me down the stairs all right and i said the appointment's already been made i'm not having your child how did that affect your guys's like relationship because obviously you didn't have the baby um you- it was rough for that first couple of weeks. Like when you initially like had to go through yeah. the thing and then. And then I had to go. He wouldn't take me to the appointment. Wouldn't pay for it. So you just like went by. So I, yep. I lied to them, told them that I'm, that I had a ride who was going to, I was going to text them when it was ready for me to go. Cause they put you on. So. When I went in, I was past the medical abortion, so I couldn't do the pills. I mm-hmm. had to have a surgical abortion. So mm-hmm. they give you, um, like, Xanax, basically, to calm you down, and then they give you some painkillers you're not supposed to drive afterwards. Okay, right. So I, like, went in, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a ride. He's down at the friend's house. He's going to come pick me up. And they're like, oh, well, what's the phone number? We'll call him when you're ready. Right. And I said, oh, he doesn't want me to give anybody his phone number. Like, I can just text him. Mm-hmm. Drove myself there. Drove myself home. 
laid in bed for three days. That'd be terrifying. How long were you at the office for? Like, how long did they keep you? Um, total time, I think I was there for three, four hours. And then they just, like, let you go once you're, like, awake and... Yeah. So, yeah, they have you sit in, like, a separate waiting area for, like, 30, 40 minutes. And then they tell you, okay, well, you know, go call your ride. Mm -hmm. So, I, like, was like, okay. So, I, like, sat in the regular waiting room for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, all right, he's here. And they're like, okay, here's your, you know, take care of yourself packet. Call us if you need anything. Right. You were just, like, lying your way through it to get out of the place. Right. Yeah. What was his reason for not taking you? Didn't want to be involved. They didn't want to. Didn't want to be involved. Jesus Christ. So yeah. then what'd you do? Just drive home? Mm-hmm. How scary. Why didn't you have any of like your friends at the time do it? Um, because at that point I didn't really have any friends. Like you had like cut everybody he off had, for like, him. He had cut everybody off for me. What a piece I of mean, I was with him, you know, if I wasn't at work, I was with him. Right. Like he had like so much control over your life at the time. Yeah. So shitty. Yeah. So then what did you guys do after that? Like um he never acknowledged it for a long time. Like you didn't even talk about it ever? Nope. Didn't... Never again. Jesus. And I then... can't imagine going through something so hard by myself. Yeah. And then I got on the pill. I gained a lot of weight. He threw that in my face. And like then, just body shaming you? Yeah. There's another fucking thing. Yep. And then about almost let's see. I guess it was right around a year after the first pregnancy I got pregnant again. You said a year after? Mm-hmm. So at this point you're like two and a half years in with him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I missed the uh missed the birth control pill. Mm-hmm. Got up the next morning, went straight, and got a Plan B. Mm-hmm. Did you know that uh, Plan Bs have weight limits? No. Yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm. So that Plan B did nothing. What? Did they yeah. tell you that? So that's how you got pregnant is off of Plan B. Mm-hmm. Like after taking one, I should say. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. That's mind-boggling. I did not know that. Yeah. That's insane. So this whole time, did he just refuse to use any contraceptives? Uh-huh. He was just like, it's your body. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Yep. So the second time, I was able to get a medical abortion, so I took the pills. Mm-hmm. Which was miserable. I was in so much pain at home. But you were able to do it at home? Yeah, because you do, like, half the medication in the clinic, and then the other half, like, 24 hours later at home. Jesus. Yeah. And I don't regret either one of those decisions. I mean, no, listen, I couldn't imagine look at the situation, you know? Like, would you be here right now? No. I otherwise, I fully believe that he would have ended my life if I would have refused to get the abortions. 
that's terrifying to think about just as your friend, let alone being in it. I couldn't right. imagine, you know? Right. That's so scary. I also could not imagine my life with a child. His child? Yeah. I mean, I don't think if I would have survived, I don't think he would have been involved. At all. I would 100% be a single mom. Do you think that would have ended your relationship, or do you think he would have... Yes. I think if if I would have kept the pregnancy and if he wasn't able to end my life, mm-hmm. I would have never seen his face again. Coward. Yeah. What a bitch boy. Yep. In nice words. And so that was it like yeah, like the two and a half year mark. So there was was it the same thing? Like you didn't, you were still like friendless at the time. Like the situation uh-huh. was still the it same. It was, it was worse at that point. It just continuously got worse. Damn. Did you tell him about that one? Uh huh. He knew about that one as well. Oh, it didn't. Literally, didn't fucking face it. No. Anyway, go on. What were you saying? <laughs> and then two and a half years later, you and I started hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I think that really threatened him. That you had a friend. To know that I had somebody that I could rely on that wasn't him. And then he met somebody else and he texted me one day and said, I met somebody else. I like her more than you. Don't ever contact me again. I'm very grateful for him. And I said, no problem. Yeah, it's crazy how the smallest thing like affects people. Like, as in like what I'm saying is like us being friends, like even at the time, like we were very like relying on each other because we were both very like coming well, out of toxic situations we gym friends like our parents were friends right i remember the day like it was yesterday we were i don't remember i think it was somebody's birthday mm-hmm. we were at your aunt and uncle's house mm-hmm. and we were just sitting around the fire pit talking about shit and you were like oh do you go to this gym Mm-hmm. And I said, I have a membership there, but I haven't been in a while. And you were like, we should start going together. <laughs> cool. I was working graveyard at the time. Or I was working swing at the time. You were working I graveyard. Was working graveyard. So you would go off work at like, what, seven in the morning. We'd meet at the gym for an hour and a half. And then oh, I'd shit. go home and go back to sleep and then go to work. <laughs> Wild. Because, yeah, we started as gym friends. And then we did that mountain house. We planned that at the gym. Wow. And that's when it's I so met crazy. all of your other friends. It's so crazy how, like, your life went from so, like, so, like, deep in the, like, yeah. the gutter, basically. Like, uh-huh. you were so far gone at some point, you know? Like, Tara was, like, non-existent at some point. Right. Like, you were just, like, American. I was a shell of myself. Yeah. And then, like, the smallest thing, like, me and you just randomly going to the gym. Because we weren't even friends like that at the time. No. Like, like I had seen no, each other I mean, passing, but you didn't like right. me. <laughs> like, I, you liked my listen, my toxic you, ex better. You were a lot at that time. You were also a lot. <laughs> and your ex was like me. He was very quiet and kind of reserved. Because that's how... Because I feel like... So, when I started hanging out with everybody, mm-hmm. it was always the big group of everybody right you know right like my family my family your family yeah. so we were just like in the same places mm-hmm. and like our moms worked together so i had known who you were 
for right. a very long time. We just didn't like hang out. But right, I mean, I'm our moms hung out <laughs> a handful of years older, mm-hmm. and we were both like living separate lives. I mean, well, and at the time, I was fairly young. Right, you were still in I high even, school. Yeah, I was like, I wasn't even twenty on yet. I remember my parents going to your graduation party, and I was like, who is this girl you're going to the graduation party for? Wild. <laughs> yeah, and then we started hanging out, and you introduced me to all your friends. And we started hanging out with history. all of them, and a year and a half later, we moved in together and had the best years of our lives. It's crazy how that happened, though, because both did. of us were like mannequins, like nobody's essentially right, just like right. like yes women, unfortunately. Yeah. And then, and then the going rel- to the gym, the relationship got- I was in ended. Yeah, and then a mine ended. Months later, yours ended. <laughs> Yeah. And then that summer was great. And then it was like, shit, do you want to move in together? And I was like, yeah, let's find a place. Found the wow. perfect townhouse. Wow. Had the best whole year of our life. Yeah, honestly. I mean, we were both so young when our when our lives got robbed of us. So, right. Like, totally I, fair. I did not get to have my 20s. Right. It got robbed of you. I mean, I met him when I was freshly 22. Right. And you're I was still a, young. <laughs> right. I mean, and we were together for five and a half years. I was almost 28 when it ended. Right. Like, that's a lot of time like, wasted. My 20s were gone. Like, where I'm at right now, you did not have. No. Like, this, this year that I'm living was robbed of you. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. I cannot imagine. And then we went to Vegas for my 30th birthday. Yeah, that was lit. <laughs> I was texting a boy. I got drunk and said, I think I might love you. And then uh, we started dating. <laughs> was this the one that lived out of state? Uh-huh. Few hours away? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. The one that still pays my phone bill? Yeah. <laughs> we dated for two and a half years. And that was tough because it was long distance and neither one of us made decent money at the time. So like traveling was we hard. really right. It was it was hard. And, you know, he did a lot of things that I would have liked him to do differently. But I was also terrible to him. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the spot you're in now versus the spot that you were in mentally even then. Right. Is, I'm a totally very, different person. Yeah, you've grown so much yeah. since then. Like, I can 100% take accountability for my role in the end of that relationship. Right. Because, I mean, there was times where we would fight and he would literally say, just let me love you. And I my mean, response was, you're not doing it the right way. So figure out a new way. I mean, unfortunately, not saying you were right in any means, but Trump no, like a I've factor, definitely, so. I've definitely looked back a lot on that last relationship and was like, I was like did some terrible to him. Self reflection, right? Like, yes, there's a lot of things that he did that mm-hmm. were not great, but a lot of the fights and stuff I started. Yeah, you were also not very great, right? Like, there's a lot of things. That I blew up 
that didn't need to blow up. I mean. So I take a lot of accountability in the demise of that relationship. Well, going It's unfortunate forward. because he is the only man that I really truly thought this is who I'm going to marry. This is who I'm going to have a child with. Like after already thinking that, you think it was because you right. wanted marriage and children, not the person. Versus with him, you knew it was the person and yeah, the it was like right world. person, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we both would have been a little bit more mature with our emotions and our traumas, mm-hmm. and. You know, since then I've been diagnosed with mild depression, mm-hmm. um, anxiety disorder, and slight OCD. So there was a lot of things that I could not control, and he didn't know how to handle me. And instead of trying to figure out how to handle me, he would just, like, ignore me. Like, shut down? Which, like, on his which part, he would shut worse. down, and yeah. then you're getting overwhelmed by... Right, which would just make everything so much worse. Right. So, like, the last, what, four or five months, Mm -hmm. I've been talking to a therapist, I've been taking medication, I've been doing all the things to work on myself. No, we're going uphill now, baby. That's right. All these things, uphill. I got got a better job. My boss is trying to convince me to go back to school. (laughs) Hey, it's never too late. Right. I mean, my company pays for it. Right. Seriously. So I'm considering it. But I'm also getting old. So I'm like, do I want to go back to school or do I want to have a kid? Can't, I feel like I can't handle both. I mean, I feel like you can make both work. I mean, I could. It would just be extremely difficult. And I don't know if I'm in that place mentally to deal with it yet. I have full faith whatever you decide to do will be the right decision. I also agree. Well, you know what? When I win the lottery, it won't matter if I go to school. So, (laughs) Back to the lottery thing. When I win the lottery, I'm going to take care of all of my friends. (laughs) And I'm going to have all of the babies. I cannot wait until you win the lottery. (laughs) Girl, same. Again, I have a luxury lifestyle that I am dying to live. You see me over here with my gold cup. like (laughs) I'm over here trying to live with you. Listen, I already think that even if I don't win the lottery, we should buy a duplex. I'd be here for it. I'm open to anything. I think that's what we should do. Do I ever say no? Nah, but like, is your baby daddy gonna be all right with me living? (laughs) Hey, babe, we're gonna (laughs) look at that problem solved. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like you'd be so down for it. I do too. I think he'd be like, yeah. I do too. Absolutely. The things that he he tells me that he doesn't want me to do and the things that he doesn't, that don't face him are ass backwards. Or like ass backwards, yeah. Ass backwards. I if think he's so down If I don't play it. video games with him, then he's like, excuse me. Right. Excuse me. I think and if, if you I tell said, him we're going to live on a boat in the middle of the ocean, he'd be like, he'd be oh, like bet, okay, babe. cool. Right. No, no yeah. I guarantee you, if when we're done with this, you walk in there and go, so um, you, me, and Tara, we're going to buy a duplex. He'd be like, okay. Yeah, he'd be like, where? Right. You <laughs> find a good one? It's got a nice backyard? Isn't it a good school district? Yo, I where know. do I sign? 
That's crazy. It's so crazy. At the beginning of this conversation, you talked about, well, I guess the first couple of years, you moved My around so much. Life. Yeah. And like yeah. how you didn't have parenting and all this. And now mm-hmm. you're over here like, I want to have kids, but your mom's got a full-time job and she's trying to go to school. Like what? Like right. that's a huge, and taking care of her mental health yeah, and out of debt. Right. I also have no debt. I paid all my debt off. I paid $30,000 of debt in four years. Yo, who is she? Most people can't pay that in their whole life. So, yeah, that's most in most people. I lived the broke girl life for four years and I struggled. But the last, like, what, five, six years have been the best years of my life. Right. And you've got, I feel like you've accomplished so much. Like, yeah. mentally, financially, physically, like, literally every aspect. You have a son. A furry son. I do have a very furry doggy. <laughs> like, I feel like... Listen, I hate him sometimes, but I could not imagine my life without him. <laughs> well, I feel like he's, like, an anchor to more than oh, he... Oh, 100%. That, like, like I for him. sure need him way more than he needs me. Right, that's what I mean. Like, he is holding it down. Yeah, 100%. He was holding your mental health down before you yes. <laughs> could get a hold of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. But that's a great, though. Sometimes it's all you need. Yeah. That's crazy. You've come that was so the far. second we moved into that townhouse, I said, I have to get a dog. I know. I mean, at the time, I also had an animal. So he right. had a friend. Yeah. And she had a friend. Yeah. She just sat on the countertop and attacked him. <laughs> <laughs> Best friends. Best friends. It's so crazy. You come so far. I'm so proud it of you. Is, it is kind of wild to think about how my life is now versus how it was 10 years ago. Yeah, because 10 years ago, you were in a shitty-ass fucking spot. Right. Nobody to support you. No support system. Like, Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. As much, I wish I could have been there so much for you, but like our, our, our age is just right. You were in high school. physically impossible. You right. Know? Like I'm in my 20s living in this insane life and you were in high school i know i'm over here like a sophomore right and then you're over here like you know trying to hold on to whatever tara has left of tara right yeah wild yeah i'm so glad we met that when we did i feel like that was like a huge it was like the stock market it was like yeah i feel like that was a pivotal moment in both of our lives i know I'm very grateful for our friendship. And now we're running this company together. Honestly. Look at us. Thriving. Thriving. We're doing not only do we have nine to fives, we also have a working two damn two two full time jobs. Yeah, actually. Raising my furry son. Raising my son. That's also furry. Mm, He's the cutest thing. I have to I'm gonna send you a picture I took when we were over there the other day. Yeah, did you take perfect. a cute one? Well, it's of his hand, but it's where his hand is. It's, it's... yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Best photo I've ever taken. I love that. But, but yeah, that's Tara. That's who I am. A roller coaster of a human, but look at her now. I've been through more trauma, more traumatic events than any one human should ever have to deal with. I agree. But I survived, and I'm thriving now. So. I know. You know. I feel like I hate the saying that you aren't handed more than you can handle. 
and like what happens to you right like leads you to where you're supposed to go i hate that shit but like if your life didn't happen how it was like mine wouldn't have happened how it's happening yeah i mean because like we wouldn't be friends like right my life would be completely different if we weren't friends you know like that's crazy you probably wouldn't have that little chubby monkey baby no that's what I'm saying. You've influenced a lot of my bad so, habits and a lot of my good habits. What I heard is that I'm responsible for that baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you definitely have a hand in helping. <laughs> Great. That's wild. I'll, uh, we'll figure out a custody arrangement. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> You can have them every other weekend. <laughs> we'll split holidays and school vacations. <laughs> I mean, you can also just like come over. <laughs> I mean, if we're living, that would be a du- too easy, if right? We're, if we're in a duplex, go over to your aunt's house. Yeah, <laughs> you just come knock on my door. My mom sent me over. Perfect. What movie do you want to watch? You want ice cream for dinner? I love that. You you want me to change your sheets because you got a room in my house? I cannot be mad if you encourage him to have ice cream for dinner because you were also encouraging me to have ice cream. For dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we just need to have ice cream for dinner. Listen, you know you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's Tara. That's me. Sorry Um, for the trigger warnings and all the trauma. I know. But I'm sure some of you can relate. I mean, everybody's everybody's got, right. That's what you guys should be striving for. Right. Is uh, you're going to get through it. If you're in it now, you're going to get through it. Yeah, honestly, if y'all are listening and you're going through it, the littlest thing, going to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Was, yeah. Get a no. gym friend. It'll change your life. Yeah. Even when you don't want to go to the gym. Go to the gym. Listen. Do you know how hard it was for me to get up those mornings and go to the gym? I know. But we went to gym five to six days a week for hour to an hour and a half every day for a year and a half straight. I mean, yeah. I mean, it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be going to the gym. It wasn't even the concept of, like, working out. It was just, like, an out. Right, it was having you know, like somebody had, to like dump all your shit on. Right, like to vent to, to have moment. support yeah. you that isn't in your, you know, situation. Yeah, find a friend. It'll work out. And if you don't, if you can't find a friend, they'll find you. Yeah. They will find you. Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. I couldn't imagine my life without you. I couldn't imagine my life without you. Mm. On that note, I know XOXO to everyone out there that's going through this shit because, like, it will get better. It will. (laughs) The growth comes. It's going to take years. It might take years, but it will come. Yeah. Thank you for listening to my story. Jump on all the socials. Give us a follow. Show us some love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. go through and double tap all of our. All of our content. Give us a five-star rating. Honestly. And if you want to email us, if you're going through it, we are here to listen. We'll be your friends if you don't have a friend. Send us your stories. Yes. Boringgirlsclub at gmail.com. Obviously, ours is not peaches and cream, as we don't expect any of your guys' are. But we do want to hear your stories. Yeah. And we want to share your stories so that nobody feels like they're alone. So send them to us. We will start reading some of them. We'll keep you anonymous. 
So send us all of your dark, your funny, your embarrassing, your scary, all of it. Yeah, honestly. We will share it to the world because you do have a voice. It's just through us. Yeah. All right, on that note. Okay, love you guys. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs)